This is a special edition of What Do I Do Now? And it's so special, I got to drop it on Friday, November 27th. Now, I wish I could have dropped it on his actual birthday in true Sagittarius manner, but there is some very, very time-sensitive information that is in this podcast that I got to get out and I got to share with the masses. So with no further ado, this episode is entitled Health, and I'll introduce my special guest right now. It is What Do I Do Now? This is probably the most epic episode I'm going to have because I'm talking to the person that gave me my shot here in Atlanta. I'm talking to a father figure, if you will. I'm talking to Ryan Cameron today. How you doing, sir? Hi, buddy. <laughs> so first and foremost, I got to ask this how I ask all my interviews. Is uh-huh. how, how are you doing? How are you maneuvering through nah. this COVID pandemic? Nah, well, you know, Sam, I've heard all of your other podcasts and, uh, I really enjoy uh, the Rashawn one. I enjoyed, you know, all the other ones, man. But, uh, you know, pandemic is a, a new world set of feelings and emotions. I, I think because of the misinformation that we received from the White House, a lot of people, I think we should be done by now. But because of the misinformation and Donald Trump actually lying to the American people, we're in a, a state of mind where some people are just totally fatigued. Uh, I'm one of those people as well. You know, I've always said I would celebrate my birthday every year on a beach, but that's not possible this year, man. So, you know, going in and out of, uh, you know, going to work and a building that shut down and going home and not being able to, uh, you know, see people and, and love on people like I usually do. It's been challenging, but, you know, it's it's given me a chance to have opportunities that I said I if I only had time, I would do it. Who that knocking? Bro, we going through the most over here. In the oh, they building up in here. <laughs> Knock on wood if you believe what I said. Yeah, so that's what it's been. All right, so going into the new Who is it? The new norm. Oh. What is something that really changed for you? I know once we started to go remote from home and I I think it was like in March when he was just like, "I see you later, Sam." And then like, I didn't know that see you later would turn into That was actually April. April. Okay. Yeah, April uh 12th. Okay. So that's Yeah, we, we did that last on. show on the 12th uh again. And I, I had uh, come down with, like, the stages of sepsis, which is a, a blood infection uh, from a basically normal, you know, procedure. Um, but it was so moving so slowly. It went from, you know, sepsis to uh, an extreme form of sepsis to all the way to septic shock, which is when your kidneys started shutting down and organs are shutting down and, and all those things were happening. And, you know, basically uh, when I was – 30 years old at a physical, um, I, I found that I had a, um, uh, a heart valve, um, heart murmur that I, uh, inherited from my father, uh, almost like, and so I had mitral valve prolapse and a lot of people in the country have that where you have a normally functioning heart, but one of your valves just closes and opens a little bit Well, you have a little bit of blood that goes back into your, your chamber. But, you know, they told me when I was 30, Hey man, you know, you turn, you know, 60 or 70, uh, you may have to give it a heart valve replacement. And so when that happened, because of the sepsis, all that stuff was escalated. So it attacked, you know, the, the infection attacked the valve that I had. It attacked uh, the kidneys, uh, my lungs, all of it. And I was just having a lot of um, things going on with shortness of breath, and I didn't know what was going on. You know, and of course I thought COVID, but uh, it wasn't that. It was actually this, this blood infection that had gotten to the extreme level and like you said, it's a lot of things that were, you know, misinformation. I know um, when it came out, a lot of people said a lot of different things because they just didn't know. Right. Uh, and so once we, we found out what it was, and again, 
Remember, I just went, you know, when the ambulance came, I just went to the emergency room not knowing what was going on. And the next thing I know, you know, it was like, I don't know, four, five, six, seven days later. But, uh, you know, fortunately for me, uh, I was in good enough shape to where I was always working out and uh, being, you know, very active and exercising that uh, basically that kind of pulled me through. If I had been, you know, sedentary and not doing anything, I don't know if I would have made it, you know. And so I was very thankful that I was uh, one of those people. Even after I stopped doing the morning show, I was still getting up early and going to work out and train and and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, man, sepsis is real. Anytime you're having any procedure in the hospital or anything like that, you know, if you have any of the symptoms like, uh, you know, chills or fever or something just don't seem right, you should always ask your doctor or your healthcare professional when you go back in for your follow-up, hey, uh, can you just run this blood test for sepsis because it's going to be something that they they don't normally do. It's not a normal blood test. So, uh, again, man, uh, we did sepsis uh, awareness week and, and talked about some of it. It happens a lot with, with women who are pregnant. It happens a lot of times, but nine times out of ten, it's something that goes on in a hospital procedure. All right, and regarding the health, one thing that you do here in the Atlanta community is the Ryan Cameron Health Fair. So with what you've been through, how does that make it more special when we are able to get that back? Because I know you've saved people on the spot with your free testing that someone had to be admitted to a, to a hospital because their blood pressure was so high. Yeah, well, it's actually November 28th. Uh, I don't know when this airs, but uh, it will be uh, a virtual health fair with Dr. Collier on our Facebook page. So, uh, you know, it's, it's Ask a Hip Hop Doc. And you can go to the ryancameron.org uh, site and get all the details on that and, uh, you know, be active. And, you know, back in the day, virtual appointments were unheard of, but now you're seeing thousands uh, of appointments a day. So it's basically, hey, you're asking a question and the doctor's answering uh, to the best of his ability. We got a chiropractor on there. We got a dentist. We got a, a lot of people on there that are healthcare professionals. So even though we can't do it at South Dakota Mall, shout out to Tanae and everybody out there. We still will do the health fair, but it will be virtually on November 28th. Got you. So one thing I do want to go back to is when we had stopped seeing each other in March, um, right. when they told us, hey, if you don't have to be in the building, they're going to have the talent work from home, have the producer in the building. For you, I think it might have been one of the first times, if it's not like a remote broadcast, that you're like at home just like everyone else in the pandemic. Yeah. How was that change for you? Um, I hated it. Okay. I mean, I am a, you know, like to me – most of the shows are syndicated here, and then, you know, after I get off, it's it's kind of like, you know, nobody. And then we have Steve, and then Maria's been doing her thing from home. Uh, so this is basically my studio, period. And it's just a feel. It's almost like when you go to a hotel, unless it's a hotel that's really, really, you know, high-end, you realize after the second or third day that the bed is hard. You know, and these pillows aren't really soft. I think being in that environment of trying to, you know, broadcast from home and talking into a microphone, like I can look in your face, so I can look in Ray's face, so I can interact with the callers. Even though you can do that, it's just not the same feel. And it was a struggle, man. I was like, you know, doing a show outside the window to like the street people, you know. I was like, hey, y'all, uh, y'all ready for the round report? Shut your ass up! It was basically like coming to America, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, anytime I was trying to engage people in my neighborhood, uh, you know, they didn't know who I was. They just thought I was some fool yelling out the window. So it was a it was a struggle, man. I hate I I hated it. I think w- what we do it enhances when you're able to get the instant reaction. Because even when you know you're on a remote location, a lot of people may not know this. It takes time for the actual listener audio to get to you, and then right. you got to come back. So you're 
reaction may be a little delayed and the timing isn't the same. So And people are lazy. I mean, it. nowadays it's very hard. You know, I ask anybody who's listening to the podcast right now, you know, um, what do I do now? When's the last time you actually call somebody on the telephone? I mean, other than your your mom, if you're fortunate enough to have that person in your life or your father, you don't really talk on the phone. Everything is about texting. You know, you text this, you text that. And I think if anything that we get out of the pandemic that people realize that they really missed the contact. I mean, texting, it, it, it sucks during a, during a pandemic. So you want to talk to people. You want to have a, a conversation with people. I think, uh, again, to your point, man, it's just like it's not the same. You know, the one thing about all these things that we're learning is that people really need human touch and interaction. We're seeing around the country suicides are up. Depression is up. You know, young people who are used to going to class and going to college and being on the yard, all that stuff is affecting them because they're not used to virtual anything. So that's why you're seeing more cases of people out there risking it all. And unfortunately, people are dying because they really want to have that interaction. And that's a gift and a curse because you can't do that during a pandemic. Absolutely. And one thing that I think your situation with your health battle kind of at least talking to your mom almost every day while you was in the hospital is how you kind of plan for the future. And I know you had things laid out and that because of certain instances, other people had to still power of attorney and certain things. Yeah. Paperwork wasn't all the way right. Um, but for you as a father, for your three kids, I mean, especially trying to just make sure you make it home to them, what was something that was like really going through your mind or kept you motivated once you realized what is what it was going on? I, I don't know if you know you you can really say what was motivated because again, in my situation, I didn't really find out what was happening until it had already happened. Okay. So you know, it's not like I woke up and said from being in a, a coma, it's like, man, I'm really about to be about this life because I, I didn't know what was going on. All I knew is I was you know in the state of mind where it was as real as it could get. You know, and that's why I say to anyone. You know, one of the things that people fear so much is is death. And I think that it's the one thing that we will all uh, have to face and never escape. But you also should know that, uh, you know, when you're going through something, the, the fear, you can't have fear and faith at the same time. So, you know, once I, uh, you know, came back around and started to understand what was going on. But again, it was basically after I was home because I was at St. Joseph's. And they are a teaching hospital. So, you know, that's one of those things where I was having people that were coming in. It would be the main doctor. And then it'd be like four or five other people. And I was like, man, I'm going to be really messed up. And they was like, no, no, no. This is da-da-da-da-da. He's trying to learn. So I, I got it after that. But for me, as far as, um, you know, the the I never, like when I had my first child, I had to have life insurance because I had child support, um, you know, things that I had with the court. So they was like, if something happens to you, you know, want to make sure that Ryan is going to be taken care of. So, you know, a lot of people, especially people of color, there's always a, a GoFundMe or something like that for something that they should probably just take care of if they can and get insurance and things of that nature, you know, because, um, you know, we're all going to have to meet our maker one day. So I was not really concerned about all that stuff because that was in order, except for the, you know, like you said, not the power of attorney, but the first person of contact in case of a medical emergency. But other than that, we was good because I'd already planned for that many, many years ago. All right, so kind of wrapping up because this is not going to be a long one just because. Wrapping but, up? Yeah. Um, you got me talking now. <laughs> okay, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead, man. So what is one thing that in post, 
your health situation that you've made a more conscious decision in doing? Um, You know, I don't think it's been like, I think that what I've learned out of all of this is that if you are faithful enough and can survive, then the sky is the limit. The, the, the limits you put on yourself and the ramifications of what you think somebody's going to say or do or think, it really doesn't matter. You just have to be true to yourself. And I think uh, this pandemic, I mean, my doctors always say, let me tell you this quick story. One of my doctors, you know, he said, well, you know, when I was doing the hyperbaric chamber thing, which has now been proven to make people's cells younger uh, and older people, it's almost like the fountain of youth for them. And I did 40 dives uh, of that. And you can look up hyperbaric chamber and see what that is. It's just basically like oxygen at 100% for your entire body. So it, it promotes healing and and all kinds of stuff. But my first doctor, you know, um, he, um, Dr. Schwegman, um, at Hyperbaric Chamber uh, out in uh, Emory, he said, I got to look at uh, your chart. And I was like, okay, before I allow you to do this. So he said, I'll look at it tonight, and then I'll call you tomorrow. He said, man, next day, the first thing I said, how you doing, Dr. Schwegman? He was like, man, I'm just glad that you're here. He said, I'm, I'm just glad you're here because – it was so many things that were going on simultaneously that it was about a 50-50. You know, yeah. 50-50 is, 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 that ain't 60-40. That ain't, you know, 70-30. That's 50-50, either making it or not making it. And being able to come off of that and, and go through dialysis and come off of that and having a collapsed lung and come off of that and a heart valve replacement and come off of that, you know, I, I understand what faith is. And I understand that I've, I've got a lot of things that are in my favor, and I always say this, if I, if I will answer your question, mm-hmm. is that if you give good, you get good. And my life has been based on my grandmothers telling me to try to always help when you can. And when you think you least need it, you will see that it will come back a hundredfold. And that's what has happened in my situation. I believe that because I've led my life trying to do what I can to help people any way I can, that when it was time for someone to help me being a higher power, it was a no-brainer. And God was like, nah, we don't need you yet, bro. Go on back down and keep doing what you do. And that's what we're doing, man. And, God uh, didn't want you, bro. That's, that's what it is. That, yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's what the comedians that called yeah, in. All the comics say that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, you know, I mean, I, I'm glad because in this year – I've lost my agent. I've lost my pastor. I've lost my cousin, who's a great comedian, Tyler Craig. I mean, a lot of people uh, have not made it through, man. And so I'm very blessed uh, to be here and continue to do what I love for, it'll be 30 years in February, believe it or not, the 30-year anniversary of of doing this radio, which I started out as, like you, as an intern. So to be able to put kids through college and put food on the table and, and live a great life, I'm very blessed, and uh, I'm, I'm glad to, uh, you know, proud of you and what you're doing with this platform, and uh, hopefully this will help people realize, you know, that life is not uh, a given and it's not promised, and you should live every day like it's your last because you never know, but not to put gloom and doom on everything, but, you know, go out there and enjoy your life. And the pandemic has put a, a damper on so many things, but if you can, you know, stay safe and stay vigilant, then you should be able to keep on keeping on, and that's what we're doing. And that's basically where this podcast came from. It was um, when you came back over here to Radio 1 and had just 
I'm understanding and we had to sit down before you asked me to be a producer and just like, I, the way I'm getting this deal, I'm getting to do all this. Um, it's, my name's on it, this, that, and the other. Like the ownership was really a huge thing for you. Yeah, and, 360. Yeah, like to be doing this and I own it. Like I don't necessarily, I'm not splitting anything with anyone else. Like I'm right. editing it myself the whole nine. It was really the, the pandemic and your health situation. Is like I can't sit on this project anymore. I can't like, oh, I'm going to do it then. Right. Like so I want to thank you personally for getting well, we're the only two in here, Sam. Oh, you mean for the podcast? Okay. Yeah, I mean, but you got to save, you know, sometimes you have to save people from themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, in your situation, it's one of those things where you have a lot of ideas, a lot of great ideas, and a lot of great, you know, uh, strategies for yourself. But you have to act on those things. And, and you, you've done that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we've talked about you should do a podcast on yourself and, and interview yourself on, you know, that'd be dope of the things that you thought were going to happen in your mind and the things that really were going to happen in reality. Because a lot of times you think your footsteps are going to be controlled by your actions. But if somebody has a certain opinion of you or they have a, a certain disdain or they put you in this box, uh, then they can limit that. And as long as you're trying to do other things to make yourself outside the box and do things that you're, I always say, do things that you're most afraid of. I mean, I'm going into the 18th year of the Hawks. And I had to audition at a game. Who has to audition at a real NBA game? My first time doing it was at a game. And I was terrified. And I remember when I was just doing the in-game arena stuff, the guy who was doing the PA was late. And they was like, man, if this guy doesn't show up, Ryan, you're going to have to do it. And I was like, what? And I was just shaking in my boots. And here we are, you know, 18 years later, and I have the only African-American that is doing two sports franchises, major sports franchises, in the country, you know, we see the first of so many things. Sometimes I take that for granted that uh, I'm able to do those things and that people have the faith in what I'm trying to deliver and have hired me for this long. And so, you know, I had to step. I didn't. You know, I don't say you had to step out on faith because faith is like you're just you're risking it all. Mm-hmm. But if you have talent, you should go ahead and try to exercise those talents. As Deion Sanders told me many, many years ago, if you got more than one talent, you should get more than one check. And you're not a brand if you're not getting a check only from your main job. People say, I'm a brand. This much. You're not a brand if you're not getting income sources from more than just one thing. If it's just one thing, then you're not a brand. You're an employee. And a lot of people don't want to have that lesson and that talk with themselves. I definitely agree with that. Because yeah. the, the employee brand situation is always a fuzzy line to try to... Or I, don't think, I don't even think it's fuzzy. I just think that people want to make themselves be bigger than they are when they know they're not working their ass off. You know what I'm saying? I'm Ryan Cameron, and I approve this blessing. <laughs> and I'm blessed to have uh, opportunities to do voiceovers and sports and all kinds of things like that because, man, you know, it, it was, it, it's was it been tough. But we're, we're, we're glad to be, you know, in this number and glad to be uh, a part of this uh, thing that you're producing, bro. Absolutely. And the last thing I kind of want to allude to, because you give me the idea for the season finale for the, for this season, I'm going to interview myself. Yeah. So I'll do that. But my question for you is, as someone that f- seen me as an intern, and I came down here in July 2012, I was Greg Street's intern, but I just came early and was just hanging around with your interns. What kind of made me stand out? Because when you went to mornings in 2013, I remember getting that, you know, hey, so we need to see you a little later. And it was you. It was a program director of V. And it was like, hey, so 
I, I want to put you on as my associate producer for the morning show. We're going to mornings. Are you in? So what kind of made me stand up, man? Uh, I think that, you know, I liked your mother. You can always tell how people treat their mothers if they're good people. If you and your mom have beef, then I'm trying to figure that out. I think knowing your your family and, and, and knowing how you were genuine in your approach to things. And I think where I think more than what made you stand out is where you've evolved to. I think the the Samuel sermons that first came to Atlanta kinda had it all figured out. So he thought. Yep. And was whimsical uh on some things that he found out the hard way that you know, but you did it like I, I always tell you, you did it without having the obligations and the commitments that happen when a person gets a wife or you get a baby. So you can go ahead and throw caution to the wind and go out and try these things. And if they don't work, then you can hopefully fall back. I always say that anybody who's lost a radio job and they haven't found another radio job, it's because people look at their body of work and they say, can I have this working for me? And it's the operative word is working. You have to work. And you always were a hard worker. And you're still a hard worker. I think, you know, even with the things that you are doing outside, you still understand that, you know, Michael Jordan didn't get no endorsements, no anything until he got that championship. There were no Jordan, no brand Jordan, no none of that until he won. You have to win, and then is when it begins. So for you, I think you went through the growing pains, you went through all the things, and you, you matured. But at this point, you were able to learn, adapt, but also not lean unto thine own understanding, as we've said many, many times uh, in conversations. Mm-hmm. Because nobody wants to be around anybody who's the smartest person in the room because that's the thing about it. I used to always say in meetings that we had at the other place, the reason that people hold you to your idea is because you're the only one talking. So if you're having a meeting, you're the only person talking, that means everybody else is shutting up and listening. So they listen to everything you say, and when you contradict that, it's because you wouldn't let anybody else say nothing. So, you know, for you, I always say, you know, keep doing what you're doing. But remember, I mean, you always want to aspire to become better. And if there's an opportunity whether it be with me or with your podcast or anything else that elevates you, then you should seize that while you have the chance. Because when I left here in 95 to go to Washington, D.C., I had never lived outside of Atlanta. I had never been outside of Atlanta. And I moved to the, one of the biggest markets in the country to do morning radio in the nation's capital. And I was like, man, fuck it. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. And the rest is kind of history. So I, I say to you and to anybody else, man, do it while you can. Because you don't ever want to look back on something and say, I wish I would have done this. Or y'all held me back. Because it's all on you. And a lot of times when you do that, you have to, you know, uproot. You have to make a move. And a lot of people can't do that because Atlanta's the Mecca. You know? I mean, it's the home of... of Drag racing in Turkey and, and twerking. <laughs> so, you know, you can get drag racing and twerking in the same town. What? Hard to leave. Hard to leave. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest effects, but 
Um, on this podcast, I do want to say happy birthday. Um, I'll be honest, there was times where I'm just like, I'm going home after, you know, having Rashawn, having Big Ray in. I would go home and cry because I didn't know if I was going to see you again, bro. Like, it was, it was really real on my part because of how influential you've been on my career and on my life personally. Yeah. So um, I'm glad you were getting to celebrate your your day of birth this upcoming Sunday, but I'm, I'm I'm sorry you working. I know that you know. Yeah, the Falcons better win for my birthday. I hope that you know that'd be <laughs> awful to, to lose on your damn birthday. Uh, but Just a little bit. But to your point, man. Again, I, I I learned so many things after the fact. Like I didn't know how sick I was. Yeah. You know, so for when people talk about it and they say, "Man, you know, I heard you and Rashawn that man it was grim that for me." I ain't know. I was I was asleep. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So right. when I I think that to me is a good part of it. Because I didn't know if I had known and then had to go in or if I had, you know, uh, allegedly, like they said, suffered a heart attack and knew something was going on with my body instead of having sepsis, then that would have been a totally different mindset. Right. So it's almost like not knowing was better than knowing. And because I'm an overprocessor, you know, as soon as I lay down, that's when my brain's like, oh, you lay Let's get started. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what, I mean, I think that's the biggest takeaway. At least I can speak for myself. I know Rashawn will probably echo the same thing is that we knew how we wanted to react, especially when it came to the BS from that were coming from all sides. Oh, yeah, we know this. And I'm like, no, you don't. Right. Stops like out of all the false rumors and this, that, and the other. It is like, here's a statement. Here's what we're going with. He needs your prayers more than anything. Don't speculate anything else outside. He just needs to come well, home. Well, I mean, people. Look, you look at this, and I, this is the final thing, right, yeah. that I learned. I had 91,000 followers on Instagram when I got sick. Mm-hmm. When I was able to have enough strength to pick up my phone and actually log on to something, I had 105,000 followers. And I didn't do shit. Yeah, cause So <laughs> people love negativity. So, you know... When I, I usually get searched, according to Google, I get searched my name 18,000 uh, times a month, which is a lot. Mm-hmm. The the month I got sick, which was April of 2020, I was searched 200,000 times. That is a huge jump for people caring, knowing. But the Instagram thing was like, I, I didn't, I can't understand it. I can't explain it. So I understand that people crave the negative they crave the narrative of something being wrong and of course i mean we do gossip reports and and things that are alleged and all that so i think it's almost like i wasn't surprised by it uh i was surprised by some of the major news places kind of running with stuff because of hearsay which i thought was you know we we lean on uh on these people for it to be credible and i've had conversations with all of them everybody from the anchors to the news people at other stations like you know you you couldn't fact check a little. They gave you an extra child, man, and I did like I personally had to be like, I, where they said he had four from? kids. They said he father of four. I'm like, whatever kid he got. What? <laughs> Not according to the Atlanta vasectomy center. <laughs> four, four kids. Wow. Hey, I, I, I shut that down immediately. I'm like, hey, he's got a total of three, two daughters and a son. Retract. Wow, bro, it's real. Hey, man, you know what? The thing about it is, though, bro is that, you know, with social media, you're able to correct and and confirm and deny or whatever. And so, you know, coming back on this radio station, and again, there's still people that, you know, 
Like I'll post them on Facebook because I was not doing Facebook because Facebook has so many so much shady shit going on mm-hmm. that I was like, if I post, then people are like, ooh, glad you're back. It's like, I, I've been back. I just ain't posting on this shit. You know? <laughs> right. So now I realize that I have to realize that people use all these platforms for what they desire for. So I can't be like anti-Instagram, anti-Facebook. Can't do TikTok because that's just watching people dance for 12 hours. <laughs> and I'm like, the dances haven't even gotten new. It's the same dance. Every time I'm like, that's the one thing about the pandemic we have not seen is a new dance. Like we still having the same dances and that's great. But what I've learned, man, is like all platforms are all necessary for whatever time you want to pass. Uh, Other than that, man, you know, uh, we're going to keep doing what we're doing. Keep leapfrogging. Uh, I still believe that we have the the best show in the country. Uh, I mean, you know, we were voted many years ago as a top show. That wasn't syndicated. So hopefully, you know, um, Radio 1 and Urban 1 uh, will get note of this and you can tag them and let them know, man, y- y'all need to take this thing to bigger markets because we talk about stuff that other people don't even talk about every day because we do this. And it's a great place to wrap up, but I definitely want to highlight your personal app that they can get a hold of you and you give giveaways. If you're in the Atlanta area and you don't have the app, I don't know what you're doing, but, you know, nationwide, you can listen to us. Oh, man, I just saw on Facebook. I'm, I'm huge in Brazil. I, I didn't know that. I got I got Brazil people in New York is huge followings. Uh, but you know, at Ryan Cameron on on Google Play or the App Store, you'll see my head on there, and um, more than two hundred and fifteen thousand downloads. Uh, great ratings. I think we like a five or a four nine. So uh, it's very active. You know, we got a chat room. We got videos and old bits and all kinds of stuff on there. So go to Ryan Cameron and, and download the app and do it for the Ryan on Instagram and. Ryan Cameron on Twitter and uh, Facebook, Ryan Cameron Show. So uh, look forward. Got 90,000 likes on that. So, you know, we got a little presence in this here town. You know, I'm telling you. The best show, best afternoon show, the best host, top five producer of all time at this rate. Uh, uh, I'm just going to say that right said now. Sam, said Sam, said Sam. I got to talk my talk from yeah, time man. to time. But, Toot your own whistle. Toot, toot. <laughs> all right. It's been another episode of What Do I Do Now? Ryan, thank you. And that season finale, me interviewing me, is on the way. All right, man, I'm hungry. I'm hungry now. (laughs) Joe Jackson. (laughs) Again, thank you to Ryan Cameron for joining What Do I Do Now? Um, If you haven't subscribed, I don't know what you're waiting on. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Anchor, wherever you are streaming this, just press subscribe. Let me know what you think. And have a few more episodes before I wrap up this season. And you already got a hint of what that season finale is going to look like. So make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend. And shout out to all my international listeners from Australia, Ireland, Russia, Germany, the UK, and Canada. Shout out to the people up north. Happy holidays. And there'll be more coming up for me soon.